0: Uh, so yeah I just and I stayed in the room for the rest of the night and I got out it's like early 7 a.m in the morning at breakfast I said, did you hear all that shooting last night you said yeah I heard that shooting yeah how's the how's your uh, cornflakes oh <laughs> oh my goodness wow, <laughs> wow. yeah unbelievable yeah, it goes from that to that like not not a beat is skipped and I'm like Damn, Talking I'm about dead.
1: a water cooler, you know, conversation, <laughs> yeah, know. right, you know.
0: Meanwhile, I need to change my underwear, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
1: Oh, my goodness. I know that's what that's what is kind of fascinating mm. because of the juxtaposition of the different yeah. things that's going on. It, yeah. It's like, first you're happy, sad, then you might get blown up. And then, you <laughs> yeah, know, you know, know. You, then you go to the hospital and get taken. And then you just like things just back to, you know, normal or whatever. Yeah,
0: it's so crazy. We're on the bus and you know the, the well, guys we consider normalcy, you <laughs> yeah know. on the bus going through this thing and we stop at you know a security border and and as we keep driving it starts to get like really like there's nothing around and you know the, the guys say, oh by the way you know he says is this, this uh area we're going through isis territory it's like oh by the way so how did everyone have a good lunch <laughs> no way <laughs> Are you serious, like, like um, meanwhile i'm i'm like you know, I got down, down in my seat and I'm like taking a photo of you trying to get the outside, you know. Okay, so, wait,
1: wait, 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 hold up. Uh, could you like prepare me for that segue there?
0: You know, yeah, but you know, maybe if you did roughest prepare. Roughest ices, really don't go work. long, okay? Yeah, know, no, really. <laughs> but maybe even if they did prepare, what what, what difference would it make? Well at least we'll be able to digest my food for a moment. Okay? Well, you, you could either not, g- not <laughs> well, bother going or you, I mean how can you how can you prepare yourself for, yeah. for those kind of things? So I you, know.
1: Yeah. I know it's it's that's why sometimes I, I I wonder, I'm very thankful that we are in the country that we're in, but I just wonder how day by day um, those in other countries, how they live with that. You know, even if you get um, immune to it and I liken it to what you were saying earlier. We, we, I think we just become immune to others' suffering and 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 um, you know um, and pain. But well, I'm wondering,
0: yes, we do because it's
1: how they are dealing. How can they deal with that? Like if I was over there and I had to live there, would I get accustomed to that type of environment just because I'm over there? Or you, you know, or do I still hold on to my humanity and be like, okay, you know what? I know I'm in this environment, but I'm not going to let the environment go through me. I'm not going to become a part of the environment. I'm going
0: to try to. Well, for, for most of the you know people, what I'm saying, escape yeah. or something. You know, I think you either survival mode kicks in and you survive, mm-hmm. or you don't. Life still has to go on. Yeah, it's interesting because. I speak to my very close friend and colleague in in Syria and during the 10 years of war and it's not really any more civil war going on, though there are (coughs) uh, some kind of skirmishes in certain parts of Syria, of course, you know, Um, but they said of 10 years of war, it's terrible, you know, as it was, 7 million people uh, left the country through different you know, try to escape, you know, became refugees in other countries. Jesus, I mean, nearly a million uh, citizens, men, women and children were killed, you know. Um, And he tell me of the these daily stories. And I'm like, Oh, my God, He, he comes out of his house one day with his two boys, taking them to school. There's his car sitting in the middle, there's a car in front, and there's a car behind. As he walks out, the car in front explodes. There was a a bomb. uh, It was a bomb. It was booby-trapped. As they back up and they get in their car to drive off, a bomb explodes in the car behind them. Yeah. So. You you think their, their car could have been the one that could have been booby and he wouldn't have known. And yet, you know, and that was just, that's just one story. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. And yet there you are. And you still took your boys to school, you know, so, uh, so many, I've heard so many stories. I mean, it just makes you uh, makes your hair on the back of your neck stand up, you know, and you're just like, but, they live, they keep going. The thing is with, with 10 years, 11 years of war, their situation now, now that the war is pretty much over, like kind of COVID is over, their situation now in Syria is worse, what they're having to deal with. Meaning the sanctions, they can't get bread, they can't get gasoline, they have maybe two, three hours of electricity a day if they're lucky. That didn't happen when, they, when war was happening. So, uh, it's it's kind of insane. It's crazy, you know. It's it's surreal that how can the situation be worse now when the war is over, but yet it is. Yeah. So, would we be any different? We would survive or not? Right. Yeah. We'd have any choice. You gotta. You gotta survive.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Amazing. It's just amazing. <laughs> ah, ah. Yeah. Okay yeah Yeah. it's it's amazing it's crazy um but you just never know the mentality or fortitude of people as well like you said you're gonna survive and make it um or or not so Mm -hmm. um I think that probably explains why a lot of people do stay where they are in their particular country
0: um or or
1: you know because because some some of them I know um that
0: maybe we we become too complacent and comfortable then
1: Right, because it's because it's home to them. I've talked. I've talked to some that as you're
0: a native New Yorker, you know, you walk down Penn Station, Grand Central, you walk over people and don't think twice about it. A veteran, a teenager who's living homeless on the street.
1: Myself, I walk around them, even see if I can help them. But then, (laughs) but you know what I'm saying? I'm saying (laughs) the most part, ninety nine
0: percent, we walk over them like, yeah, like we're walking over a piece of trash.
1: Yeah. But those, those who I've, I've talked with that are from, you know, different cultures and stuff, they always end up saying to me, I said, because this is all I know, this is home, Mm -hmm. um, in spite of, um, and a lot of times they will have family members, they will send to the U S or particular country Mm -hmm. or something to try to do better and then come back and, Mm -hmm. you know, help the family or, or, or whatever. So, um, I'm understanding why (laughs) the mentality is the way it is. Um, It's a hard pill to swallow um, at times when you see such travesty happening and uh, tragedy happening. Um, But getting back to your organization, um, Mm. right now you're looking to um, try to establish a more Uh, automated process of getting funding and doing the things that you need to do um, and other initiatives? Is is that where the organization is right now?
0: Yeah, well, when you say automated, surely, um, you know, uh, we're actually preparing like a 20-page or pitch deck to Mm -hmm. uh, financiers who invest in projects um, either in third world nations or nations that are you know stumbling having trouble nations that are in conflict um and they um invest in uh, important projects they believe are worthy of this needs to be done you know so so that's that's where we're at so it you know it's uh, it's an ongoing process and this is not something that's just um we're going to stick our hand out and shake our yeah. hand and say, okay, it's done. No, this is going to, this is going to yeah. take lots of, uh, tenacity. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you have others on, on staff or volunteers helping with the organization? I was just wondering, or are you pretty much doing everything yourself? Uh, um, uh, <laughs> there,
0: no, there are other people, of course, especially with this kind of, uh, project. Cause it's so good. Yes. Yeah, There are other people helping and putting together, okay. you know, the necessary Product and pitch deck and so forth. So yeah, there are other people now. Yeah.
1: So I'm just curious, what what is your, your you say you're trying to you deciding whether you're going to bring the organization onto the, on the UN? Well, um, with...
0: I probably won't.
1: Okay, I was just going. I was just basically going to ask, how's your relationship with the UN? And well, no,
0: it's very good. It's very good. I ha- I I know. In fact, one of my very very close colleagues who wrote the forward. Um, For the book, Um, Ambassador Malik Nadeem Abid, who is (laughs) the Secretary General for International Human Rights Commission. Um, So he's a very good friend and he's very well, my goodness, very well connected, very prominent. Um, And so, yeah, I have a lot of very good relationships and it's important. You have to have relationships, especially in this field like anything it's very political it it always is and another thing you you know you never you never burn your bridges especially in a very kind of small tight world you know it's it's the same it's like the martial arts film world it's a very clicky small group that have had the opportunity to do these things so you know you don't the network is small and you stay connected a young high schooler but he's doing some really wonderful stuff starting you know he started his own garden helping his own community in in Uganda he's now doing um, a chicken farm and stuff so he's really doing some great stuff and it's actually uh, his choir because he's a choir Um, singer and director so it's his choir that is singing on the new song Oh, that's who they uh, are. Oh, oh,
1: my goodness. I thought that was so wonderful. But the interesting thing
0: about Morgan is when I first met him, I remember I was sitting down in the orphanage, the high school orphanage in Uganda. And he's one of, he's the person, he's the young boy who led the church service. And most of them are Christian like uh, Seventh Day Adventists. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they have the church service on Saturday and so forth. So He looked at me and he says, the UN is useless. I hate the UN. And so, and this was in front of his schoolmates and in front of the community organization leaders. And because I was wearing a t-shirt and I said, well, why? Okay. And Morgan was like 16 years old at that time, you know? And I said to him, I said, why are you so... Why do you feel so strong about it? He says, well, we have the largest United Nations base right here at the airport in Entebbe. So what happened, the, UN Air, uh, the, the United Nations uh, former um, headquarters of the African continent was stationed at the old um, Idi Amin Airport in Entebbe. Um, <clears throat> and it's, it's like a city. In a way it's enormous right I, i've actually been there met with the executive director there um it's no longer in uganda they moved it to kenya now mm. but it was but it was in uganda for a long time and it was certainly there when i was uh, in 2016. he says we've got this huge un base here doesn't do anything for us He said, we see, you can stand there for an hour and you see the huge C-130 cargo planes flying in and out, in and out with all this stuff, you know. I said, well, he said, the UN is useless. All these organizations say they're going to help and do anything. So I said, look, let me explain something to you. Mm. Not that this is going to make you feel any better. I said, I asked the same question. In fact, I went there and sat down with the, the big chief um, who I think, I believe he was from Belgium. And I said, you have this, uh, this small city here. What's going on here? Uganda has 2 million refugees in the north from Sudan, you've got refugees from the Congo, you've got refugees from Burundi, from Somalia. I said, geez, it's wonderful that Uganda takes all in, takes all these refugees in, but they can't even feed themselves. How can they take care of others? Why is the UN base not helping Ugandan citizens? He said, well, unfortunately we are not allowed to because we are here to support the surrounding countries that are currently in civil war, which is every one of them, because Uganda is a landlocked country. You know, Democratic Republic of Congo to the west, South Sudan to the north, Somalia and everywhere else. Right. So, all these countries are in civil war, in conflict. Right. So that's where they're helping. So he said, if all of a sudden tomorrow Uganda was had still civil war started maybe then we would help. I said, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You mean you've got to wait till someone goes to war before you're going to help them? I said, if you don't help them now, they will be at war before long. So anyway, I was trying to explain this to a 16-year-old and his classmate. And I said, that is the reason. Yes, like you, it is the most craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. I said, but let me. Put yeah, you it, see the
1: expression on my face, where I'm yeah, Like, are you yeah, serious? That that was his response.
0: Yeah, yeah, I said, let me put it to you in another way. If you feel so strongly that all these organizations are no good, all these NGOs, all these blah blah blah, I said, then what about me? I'm useless too, basically. I should just get up and walk away get back on the plane. I said, I came here out of my own pocket. Nobody forced me. Your organization there, they asked me would I come and I said I will. And that's why I'm here to see your situation. How can I help? Now I can't help like the UN, but maybe I can help a little. And I brought some basic clothes and crocs and you know basic scholastic supplies you know a yeah, few yeah. things yeah and i tell you it made me absolutely uh, it made me just i didn't cry but i, I cried later because you know yeah. they've never seen a ruler before they've never had clean white paper to write on i know uh and is this those when kind he, of things? There were 200, 200 high school orphans there. And so ugh, I might have brought enough stuff that would be enough for, I don't know, 30, 40 students. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's handing out the best he sees fit. So he'll give this one jar got a, a, you know, a plastic ruler. One got, you know, a calculator or something like that. You know, it just, it, it makes you... <sighs> yeah, you, you, you want to punch the wall you want to scream yes, and yell yes you realize that the, the world is not fair that no. it's so unfair um and you know
1: what gets me it doesn't have to be like that because we are a wealthy world i'm just say world we really are it's well, just a matter of managing it properly. It's, a, it's the heart of, of a person. Um, it's, it's leadership. It's, it's a lot of factors, but I'm like, seriously, really, this is what I, 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 my knowledge is. We kill, steal, whatever for a pair of tennis shoes. Yeah. When was the last time that you hear that a tennis shoe manufacturer went out of business? When, when, when did you hear that? The, never, the, never you're going to kill me over a pair of tennis shoes that, you know, you could go right down the street and, and get a pair? Well,
0: and, it's not or, just that. Those same tennis shoes that they sell for $250, you know how much they cost? I've been to those factories in China. They cost $5 to make. Yeah, I know. The, $5 the, 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 to make.
1: The labor and everything, whatever, it's less than they sell than them
0: Adidas on, you know, Fifth Avenue at $250, $300. And right. someone will kill you over that. It's a reality it check. Five bucks. Yes. a piece of rubber
1: or a, a couple of cents and i'm just like are you are you serious really really and then, then you ask
0: yourself do <laughs> you know how much the person who made him got probably nothing they might Sometimes. have made five dollars for the day you know it's that kind of mentality yeah and sadly right. you know here in in a, in a rich western nation the un, the understanding is not there and those kind of um, items Who's buying it really? Not really wealthy people are buying. It. Yeah, a small percentage. It's mostly I'm I'm sad to say poor people are buying it. That you 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 would literally go and spend $250 to think you look cool. Yeah. What did you eat today? Do you have some, did you eat something healthy today? No. So, you know, our respo- priorities priorities, <laughs> responsibilities all in the yeah. wrong. Our value system is completely in the wrong yeah, place. That's
1: a bad so word
0: as, for So as much as <clears throat> these third world nations have certainly their issues from day-to-day survival, our yeah. issues, I believe, are much bigger. Deeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And where are those value systems being taught? Is, it, is, it, is the education system, is it from our schools? Is parents giving the wrong, teaching the wrong lessons? Is it way higher than that? Is it the whole system in itself? Is it the government? No, I think we are all complicit, everybody. Yeah, there's no question. We are all complicit in some way. Yeah, and anybody who says, no, I'm not, sorry. <laughs> it's absolutely, yeah.
1: <laughs> can you say that word really? <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know, you can
0: bleep it out, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> But but you know, it felt good to say,
1: didn't it? (laughs) The the
0: wonderful thing about the the story about Morgan is that Morgan, he has become just this beacon. I am so proud of him. You you can't imagine. Yeah, I I, we speak, we talk a lot. He's so bright. He's so intelligent, self taught. He survives from day to day but the things that he's doing for himself and his own community and the choir and, you know, and his local church, it's just, it really is incredible.
1: Oh my so, goodness. Cause they sound so, so this. It, it,
0: so it's possible. So and wonderful. This, this is one person, but yet he's changing his community. Yes. So, you yes. Know, and, and maybe, you know, I bring up, with him i talk about i said do you remember what you told me five years ago when you told me the u.n was was crap (laughs) yeah i remember (laughs) Uh, what's what's his response now (laughs) no but uh, he's 16 years old and i i can understand he's he's passionate and that's why he's doing wonderful things I, i god i wish I wish everyone could follow his lead, you know, but maybe I had something to do with that. Maybe. I would think so. Yeah. So then there we go. We go back to what we started with our conversation is that then I feel good. A life has been changed. Yes. And then it's all worth it. Yes. yes.
1: It started with your t shirt. So, you know, give yeah, your t shirt
0: credit. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I gave him the U. I had a United Nations cap, you know, baseball cap, and I gave it to him uh yeah he probably uh, still has it i'm sure so yeah
1: i'm sure as a a memory a memorial i'm not
0: well memorial yeah because the (laughs) u.n are no longer in uh uganda so
1: yeah Uh, yeah so but yeah so i want to segue now to your book um because there's stories like uh uh, morgan um Mm. that you've shared in the book that are making a difference in Um, I, of course I, I listen I see it in the back there but <laughs> okay. I have to show that I have my copy oh,
0: okay. and you, wrote a, childhood you lost <laughs> you, you, you wrote a wonderful review right? and I appreciate that thank you so oh much.
1: you you quite welcome it, it was worth it actually uh childhood loss I'll be honest with you is to me is is one of the really best books I've read wow. on dealing with this issue oh. I, hands down, um, because I was also studying, um, uh, doing international studies, Mm. and I wanted to um, get involved with things, uh, you know, dealing with um, humanitarian efforts, so a lot of the stuff, a lot of the journals and things I was reading, they, they really, you know, it was kind of, you had to read them, you had to kind of you know, you know, <laughs> you know. You had to kind of push yourself to read God. them. Well, but a lot
0: of it, a lot of it is whitewashed, unfortunately, it's not. Not to say it's not factual, but it's. Um, I I always have issues with things of that nature. You're talking about a subject matter, and you've never even been there. And I don't mean. Sorry, I, I'm gonna. <laughs> i got to be careful how I term this. But the, oh God, this is going to be bad. You can cut it out, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> the um, white man's experience in Africa. What I mean by that is, um, it's very ex- costly and expensive for Westerners to go to Africa. It really is. It's take, think of the flight, you think of the cost of all the inoculations you need, you have to get and, and, and cause you have no choice to get them. It's a requirement. All right. And you stay there or whatever. You, and, and if you go on things like, let's say safari, right? <laughs> these things are very expensive. Yeah. And usually I, 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 I use the term white because it's usually white people are going on these types of, vacations or holidays to Africa yeah Um, this is my own personal experience of what I see Mm -hmm. and I I have friends who've been to Africa and yeah go on a safari or go to Tanzania to Zanzibar these wonderful locales yeah Um, and that look there's nothing wrong don't get me wrong that's a wonderful experience but that I'm sorry that is not Africa to me no I know
1: what you mean. I know exactly what yeah, you mean.
0: You know, um, so yeah. So if you're going to write about a place and you've never been, I have an issue. I'm sorry. That means okay, you've done lots of research. Great, and you've wrote this wonderful book. But I don't want to. I don't want to read it. I've read too many things like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's, and that's what I was experiencing in my yeah. studies. And I just I wondered just how sometimes authentic it was and i had to kind of watch myself to make sure that i didn't feed into
0: yeah
1: what i was reading because i you know i was i was experiencing um especially it was contrary to what i was experiencing contrary Mm -hmm. to what i knew and understood um because i have a lot of friends from different countries and everything and um I actually had uh some friends who um I think it was uh the Somali uh, situation who Mm -hmm. they literally were ones with two young ladies and her family escaped from that situation Mm -hmm. and we you know and we we connected and when she shared her story I, I was like wow you yeah. know, uh, that they had to travel miles to get to safety um, and the different things that was happening there. So mm-hmm. when you have that personal, you know, experience or contact, or you do your own fact finding, which yeah. you kind of did, yeah. <laughs> you know, you went and did your own fact yeah, finding. It's, true. Um, it's it, When you read something that's a lot, that's maybe whitewashed. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, I know.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of it gives you kind of different you know, just response to it. Mm -hmm. So this right here, I was like, you know, there's no way I could ignore what you were sharing, um, in your book, (laughs) because like I said, it was right in your face and what you talked about your experience. And, and also historically the numbers and and statistics you, you indicated resonated with me Mm -hmm. because I'm the type of person that's like, I being in media, I realized that you know what I can't believe everything that my own media colleagues present to me. I begin to see the other side as a person who, not just as the reporter or interview, I, I begin to see it see the other side just as a citizen, just yeah. as the you know a commoner, a person. Um, and I didn't like what I was being fed. Yeah. So, um, childhood loss. I like I said, I, I cried. I
0: did um, yeah I, I, um, I've been told that before by other people so, who've read it so yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: but it also motivated me to want to do more, to hold fast to what I, I'm working on doing um, and because I know with you uh, what you've shown that it's it's possible it's possible mm. I can do something to help. It's possible I can make right. a difference. Um, and it's not just, I, I know you've been, been on a lot of interviews and things of that nature and it's not just, you know, oh yeah, let me hear about his story and da, 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 you know, this adventure and yeah. everything. But it's <laughs> like, what do we do with it afterwards? Like, well, that's,
0: that's you,
1: it You got to go back to doing what you, you're doing. Mm. Okay, putting your life on on the line and I know I'm going to show pictures and stuff later um, mm, sure. in reference to the, the bullet that <laughs> ended up in your helmet that you were the, the infamous
0: were. bullet I know. yes
1: in the helmet so um why don't you how do you want to share this book it's so much you you included in here so what do you want to want to kind of mm. what do you want to take out of this book to really sh- to share with us because this is an awesome book it is i said to you i think everyone at the un and anyone who's breathing <laughs> should read this book this book for me it's much better, it, it supersedes any type of report,
0: mm. and I'm going to
1: say this, that the UN or anybody else, politically, socially, economically, whatever, would write, okay? Because it really just gets to the heart of the facts of what's going on, not what you want to p- present to us, um, not what you think we shouldn't know, because I realize a lot of stuff that happens the, the, those reports don't cover everything. I don't know how they could possibly do it, but certain things I'm sure they edit out. No, no, don't put that information. Don't reveal that because it may become a conflict or controversial with the country they're reporting or whatever the issue may be. But listen, just give it to us straight. And I believe that's what you did in this book. You just gave it to us straight and we just have to digest and deal with it. And mm-hmm. hopefully it will motivate people to want to help. Let's do something you know stop talking having all these UN meetings and, and yeah. things and and you know pre website and all the other organizations that are, are associated because I, I said the same thing like you got know, all these organizations part of UN but we're still dealing with the same issues year after year mm-hmm. and that we're not getting even closer to what we're hoping to accomplish if you know as much as possible right so it's 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 on you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Childhood uh, loss. Where the title come from? We can start there. Where the title come
0: from? Actually, the child, the the, the title was. Um, we were throwing a bunch of titles around uh, because <laughs> obviously the uh, the co-author who who writes in italics, uh, the chairman of uh, African Views Organization, uh, William Verdone. he came up with a few titles. Um, and but it's actually uh, my friend Rick Myers, you know the writer. I know Rick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A very established writer. He's the one who came up with the original ti- uh, with the title, and we just, you know, this is a great title. Yeah, so yeah. We, we kept that. Yeah.
1: Oh, so does but, he want credit for for the title? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just said thanks, Rick Myers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because I've I known Rick as long as I've known yeah, you. I, you, yeah, you know yeah. him more more personally than yeah, I yeah, do, but sure. my yeah. interaction with him has always been positive. So Rick yeah. is always funny. Um, is. But he yeah, he, funny he, he will that. probably be one of those people to say, oh, "Are you going to give me credit for the title?" You know, <laughs> <No. give me.">
0: <laughs> <But> <laughs> He's credited in the book inside, Yeah, yes, it, you know, yes, yes. Whether, in the credits. Yeah, right, you know. I did see um, that. <laughs> well, you know, you held up the you held up the book there, um, and I just. It, it it's the cover, and the cover, yeah. um, you know. I again. This young you, boy here. What you, yeah. What do you put on the cover? I, I thought ah, I should put maybe maybe a photo of myself with a child or just children, and I you know it went back and forth in terms of what particular child should be a group of children, um, and. I chose that because it, it's a, a nameless child. Don't know his name. Oh, okay. um, and it, it was early in the game for me, early on. It was in Ghana, it was, it was at a fishing village called Senya Baraku, a mm-hmm. fishing village of 40,000 people. Um, and you remember the last uh, Carnegie Hall concert
1: if you yes. remember,
0: I brought James Kofi Annan, right?
1: Yes. No yes. relation to the
0: former Secretary General, but but the one who who runs Challenging Heights. Yes. If you remember he spoke yes. at, at Carnegie Hall, right? And uh, yeah, even I was tearing up as I was standing behind him next to the piano. Yes, that was of, amazing. And, I, and I've heard his story many times, of course. But yes. yeah, we were there that day. We were supposed to arrest slave masters. Um, this little boy was sitting on the step, raggedy pants, you know, shoeless. Behind him, three, four steps, there were two girls, maybe a nine, ten eleven years old holding hands. You could see they were like shaking, you know, fear on their face. The news was there, security was there, police were there, soldiers were there. Uh, and we were there. It was um, a rescue had been planned to, you know,
1: yes, arrest, I
0: arrest slave masters. You remember the story? Yes, I remember and, you, um,
1: you were sharing about that.
0: And we got, you know, basically shut down by the government at the eleventh hour. And
1: I know that you had shared about that was yeah. rather devastating yeah, yeah. blow devastating. for that to happen. Yeah,
0: because we walked up the the stairs after this. Having to wow. leave, otherwise, they would have arrested us. And James just looked nonchalant me over and goes, They'll get sold this afternoon. Just like, again, just like he was talking about, So, what do you want to have for lunch today? That kind of nonchalant. And the funny thing he said, um, which I didn't really write in the book, you know, he, he added, He says, Man, and I was so looking forward to seeing you in action. Meaning see me like martial art, some <laughs> slave master, you know, knock him out. Uh, and I didn't, I decided yeah, I'm, I'm gonna leave out that line. I didn't write it in the book, but you know, he, he looked at me and I kind of just smiled, but then I, I became mm. serious and floored again, you know, cause we passed, I had, I saw the boy there. He was sitting there for a while and he just looking around, looking lost. He just gazed away and I just, I don't know what made me do it. Cause I, I don't, especially then right. don't want to take photos of, of seeing people in pain, suffering, poverty, that but I just took the camera out and I just snapped a quick photo. Just one photo. Um, it was very effective. That's for sure. Yeah. And you know, it's um, I rem- for me, I remember coming home um, and I went to the, local um, army and navy store in midtown that i go to and you know i walked in and it was pouring with rain outside and i said you know so i just came back from you know ghana and i got some kind of like foot rot because i was wearing the wrong damn Mm. socks and my boots i said I was wearing like winter socks <laughs> as opposed to socks for, <laughs> you know, um, central tropical sub-Saharan Africa. So I'm looking at the at the wall and, and he says, no, no, no. Forget about those. Those are garbage. He says, I'll give you the right sock, you know, and he goes in the back room and he pulls out uh, three pairs. He says, how many do you want? I said, I'll, I'll take three pairs. So he comes out. I said, well, how much is that? He says, Sixty bucks, and he, you know, and I said, "What? Twenty dollars for one pair of socks?" He said, "You want the best socks?" I said, "Okay, fine. Give me the three pairs, you know." And as I leave the store, one block, and I just—it just hit me like, like a steam train, and I just dropped right on the stoop, um, uh. and I cried like a baby. You know, it just had dawned on me that I spent the price of three children that had been enslaved that day, you know. um, Yeah. Uh, And that has, there are things like that. There are moments that stay with you forever. Will stay with me till the day I die. And it's those things, you know, um, that make you realize, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: All That's that it. other stuff, music, martial arts, modeling, whatever—it's it, led me to this road. Yeah, yeah, so, there you go.
1: yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm, mm-hmm. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. How you realize? Um, I guess if I can use this word, how a lot of those things, your your previous lifestyle, um,
0: sure. was just
1: vanity. It ended up being yeah, it, vanity. Well,
0: it, it is. It's self aggrandizement um,
1: As opposed to now, the path that you're on. I'm glad you said about purpose um, because at, at some point we all get to that place or should get to that place yeah. where uh, our lifestyles prior to and if we have a, like a life-changing situation mm-hmm. you know our per- we should grow we should mature we should change we, you hope. know i I, get hope
0: yeah that's should my favorite purpose. saying you know the purpose of life is for life to have purpose yes Otherwise, um, what's the point why are we here Exactly. Wow. I
1: I say that often too. And take up, I say,
0: take up space, breathe you breathe in air, man. Get out. Get it, it. It's
1: <laughs> like um um, I need that air do you mind yeah I know <laughs> but, <laughs> I use it especially
0: these days yeah, especially these days
1: yeah that's that's kind of my mentality and heart and philosophy too because if when I'm doing something it has to have a greater purpose to it it mm-hmm. can't just be for me to benefit from it you right. know because then I start to feel like uh, whatever and then I don't put forth as much effort you know I, mm-hmm. the, the passion is not there for it and um, before I know it I'm just like uh, you know whatever right. but I try not to get into that place especially when it's something that is important to me mm-hmm. um, so childhood loss okay we thank Rick for the title okay That's helping good. with the title okay um, what were you trying to achieve in writing it um, because you, co- you cover so much and I'm glad you addressed the different things that you address because mm-hmm. this issue dealing with uh, children uh, abroad um, and the it's, it's so many different issues they deal with that we don't realize that they go through. Yeah. You know, it's, it's their education, it's their health, it's, it's um, their home life, it's, it, you know, it's, it's mm. so much. And, and the different things they have to deal with, you know. Um, I'm just glad you brought light to a lot of things that we kind of just-
0: Yeah, interestingly enough in the second book, I, I bring it a lot closer. I, I do talk about other countries, but I, right. I, I bring it more closer to home. You know, how these, many of these things we don't really think about, but yeah, especially since COVID has affected, you know, the mental health crisis on our youth, poverty on the youth. Um, it's, now we realize this has affected the entire world, not just some country in Africa that I can't pronounce, you know, yes. or, or Southeast Asia or something. Yeah. So um yeah i bring it closer to home you know i I tell you in the beginning i really didn't know it it wasn't i was writing all these articles and i thought god i got a lot of material here and it was actually bill Vadone. he said you know you gotta write this has to be a book you've got to write this stuff in a book um i think i mentioned i mentioned that you we had talked in 2016 i said
1: you know you need to as a, point, a, a form of therapy, I said, you need to write yeah. this stuff and, down. And, and, and it
0: was. It became I, I was writing an article every other few days, you know. So, yeah. uh, and I'm still writing them as well Good. because of the second one. Um, and I know uh, once it's finished, and I'm, I'm close, so maybe seven or eight chapters left, that I'll need to take a break from that. And that's done. And then yeah. it's off. <laughs> put the helmet back on and you know, <laughs> yeah. go, go to the battlefield right <laughs> yeah yeah well one, we start, one more time <laughs> so yeah so and either in the beginning I didn't know I just thought you know okay if i can spread awareness and open the eyes to some people then the job's done if people can look at the world a little differently um and whether you want to get, whether they want to get involved or not, that's fine. That's their own decision. But you never know. You know, if it kind of sparks them to do a good deed or help with their local community or whatever it is. You know, uh, the Red Cross, uh, Salvation Army. I mean, you name right. it.
1: Yeah. So, I would hope so. I w- I w- uh, well, I would. you would
0: hope, but it's 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 not necessarily. For some people, it's just not. Everybody right,
1: say, "Hey, it's just a good read." Yeah. No, unfortunately. But I, I know that's the mentality. Um, that's probably why we haven't been able to really, I don't know, as just as a world to get the help and things that we we think. Or sh- need or should be done because mm-hmm. people just, just just like okay well like you said earlier oh yeah I know that's happening over there but there's nothing I can do I, I, I got to worry about and take care of myself. Um, <laughs> that's it. Kind of. I've heard that many times and, and,
0: and that's okay. I, look, I I don't, you know I'm at this point. Uh, this has been um, a learning and growing experience for me these past six seven years. Um, so I don't knock anybody it's everybody has their own agenda right. everybody's going through their own experience um we have you know been pushed through some uh, a, a new world experience that uh, we weren't ready for and so we've all had to figure out how we're going to get through it for some it's made us stronger and others weaker you know but Go ahead. It's the nature of the beast. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's, but the issues doesn't go away. That's that's what I. No, that's what I remains. really yeah. exactly. That's what and I really also t- took away from your book. Yeah, is that this issue has been there, and as you said earlier, life goes on. But yeah. what about the life of these children? Yeah. I mean, this is what they're dealing with day in and day out, while we're enjoying our steak and fries and stuff. <laughs> yes. and, and you know, I, I'm. And again, um, it's not trying to bash. Uh, humanity as far as those who have it you know Mm. but it's more than just you having yours it's more than that mentality that we've been taught you know I got to get mine you know um, only the strong survive and I hate those kind of cliches now because I believe that is what caused us to change our whole value system Mm -hmm. to be empathetic to be sympathetic because the bottom line is really do you really need all those pairs of shoes do you really need that much food when I when you start to see change your own value system you're like wow all that food that's wasted and but now you have organizations trying to recycle that food to make it edible mm-hmm. for for others like why do we have all these buildings and a whole bunch of homeless people like right near the th- these kind of things for me now is just really just not making sense and yet wow. we continue with this cycle and um so the issues that you're addressing with the children with uh, rape being slavery uh what really got me was the young children that are are uh, they're recruited to be like child. in the military, uh, yeah. soldiers, mm-hmm. a child, five, six, 10, yeah. should not be running around with a real gun and ready to kill another human. Yeah. You know, that, that whole mentality to me, it gets me. I just, mm-hmm. I don't get it. I know it happens. Um, you've made it so plain and real. And understand, you're not the first one to present it, you know, that mm-hmm. this issue, but the way that you present it, It's like, whoa, hold up. We've been just kind of going over the surface on this issue, but now it's like, we need to really revisit this, okay? Mm -hmm. UN has done what they tried to do, other organizations, but we have this young man here that is like, okay...
0: you keep saying young
1: because you are. <laughs> you, you see, see, that, and am always one to, to to prophesy blessings in life. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. I'll yeah.
1: I, and stay positive. Okay. All right. Uh, not fair. not what we're talking about as far as the COVID. But <laughs> no, I well,
0: no, no, we're not going there. Just so
1: you know, stay positive. And um, I was just really surprised again the issue about um, uh, the the child marriages.
0: Mm-mm. Yeah. You know,
1: so how did you um, gather your information for this book? You know, besides the articles you were, were writing and your firsthand experience, but how did you go about organizing the information in this book and addressing the different issues and t- statistics? Like, what did um, you?
0: God, because th- it was difficult, but okay. and it was also about okay. I started running out of topics, you know, and I, I said to Bill, I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, what do you have any ideas? We, we kind of went back and forth, you know, in terms of uh, what things need to be addressed. He says, well, maybe you need to talk about, you know, child poverty, child marriages, you know, all topics focusing on children. Right. And um,
1: no, that was a good idea. Yeah. You know, when, when, you start,
0: <laughs> And it, it's good that he, he was, I needed another, um, uh, another point of view and, and, and you know, Bill, um, he's my senior, but he's also, you know, he's a former history professor, mm, uh, history. high school history professor at NYU and so forth. So um, very, very knowledgeable, very educated, you know, a, a kind of a true academic so he, he kind of brought his voice, which is italicized in the book, okay. uh, you know, yeah. after my reading, whatever, you know, a few pages he would throw in as you as you see his his voice. And maybe it was kind of like, as he said, my kind of subconscious, you know, as to how the everyday average person might feel and question they might ask you know so and it worked out really well I, I like the way it flows in that way and yes so we yes. certainly decided to keep that format for the sequel for the second book yeah. um, you know researching was painstaking you know especially but it, it, it again it was also for me a wonderful learning experience in subjects that are not my f- have not been my focus, right. but they are surely unaddressed, you know? So yeah, it, it was painstaking research, but I've had a lot of time like most. <laughs> <laughs> Which was by, you know, blessing yeah, yeah. in
1: disguise. That's what I was saying. Yeah, you know? no,
0: it was. That's I, I hope people have taken advantage of this lockdown time. I know as I much, did. As much as it's been unhealthy in many ways for sure even if you have taken advantage it still affected our mental health there's no question
1: but if you haven't
0: taken advantage of it by reading or whatever it is you like playing playing a music instrument a sport you know something um so for me yeah it's been writing and i when i was a young kid i hated writing essays (laughs) i mean I, i deplored it so it's been wonderful for me. So did your
1: mom and your dad make you write? Is that what it was?
0: <laughs> no, because my, my mom was the musician. So everything was about reading, reading music. It was my, okay. fa- my father, you know, made me read these books that were like, oh. <laughs> why are you making me read these books that, you know, like a, he a university student? Oh, is that no, he did not know. <laughs> but
1: sometimes you know you just never (laughs) the thing is even
0: he's having trouble every day i'll say did you read a few more pages of my book he said yeah i I," but i had to put it down it's just it's so depressing you know it's like (laughs)
1: yeah i was you know i was it was um i the way i was approaching it i wasn't really trying to get
0: depressed it's just um overload of information it's like oh my god yeah, but I, all, all too much I to it's too yeah, much to handle it's yeah it is it's I, a lot I,
1: it's yeah. i just the word emotional just comes to <laughs> mind so yeah. i was like my, my heart can't take too so much right now my, my, my mind can't take you know trying to wrap my, my brain around all that that mm-hmm. you had discussed and um, i'm glad you, that um your uh the, the professor took the approach of balancing it out the different yeah issues dealing with um with with children because um so much and the fact that you said childhood loss is it's it's like they're experiencing so much Mm. during their childhood that I'm looking like no child should have to experience that and and other thing that gets me is that this is coming from adults that's imposing it upon them. Of course, it's always you know. Yeah. So because yeah. they don't have a choice it, it, no. per se when that when they're young and they need the nurturing and everything. So I I, I just saw the devastation that mm. that is so devastating that they would have to deal with these things. And I like how you mentioned that you just never know what they may grow up to be. You know, depending on know. their environment, yeah. but the environment that that's not so positive. You you're gonna be wondering too how they're gonna going turn out. Is it gonna be habitual, you know, situation and they end up being a child soldier or they you know they end up being the one, you know, that's that's
0: well yeah, and, and sadly that's being you know,
1: violent or what you know yeah. what I'm saying? So
0: you know, sadly our society, our our humanity, our system in place, our governments have uh, kind of vied them as disposable, expendable, as just a commodity, you know? Just, just like the actual slave master himself, who I've interviewed quite a number, you know, they vie their child that they bought for 18 to $20 as a commodity to enhance their business. So if something that cost them Two $300, like a fishing net or, or whatever, or a tool that they need. Um, you know, if a, if a bunch of children are killed along the way, well, adding it up, mm, then, you know, the fishing net, $200, the child is 20. And it's interesting. That's not interesting. That's the wrong word. But it's, it's baffling uh, to sit across the table from someone who has done these types of, you know, tortured children or, you know, beaten, um, punished.
1: Mm. So if you could get inside their brain, their mind, when
0: when you're talking to them. No, the the only thing you, you try to hold yourself back from reaching across the table and ripping your throat (laughs) out. That's basically what you feel because, but you know, the interesting thing, and this is interesting, is that in his brain it's a business and that's how he looks at it nothing else it's not that a few children died do you feel sorry does he feel sorry i didn't feel any sorrow i didn't see any sorrow in Mm -hmm. any remorse uh, yeah i didn't see any remorse i all i saw was this is a business and i've i've got things to pay and i've got communities to take care of so that's what i have to do
1: i always question when someone says oh you know I'm, yeah. you know this is because i have to do this because of my business whether it's something whether it's, it's drugs or whatever illegal right <laughs> but i'm like um don't you think you probably should get another business <laughs> another <laughs> business idea or something like yeah. do you well, really the, have to do this as a business i because mean
0: because it's because it's like it's easy, there's always people, there's always children, there's always more expendable, disposable kids to use. So that's and they're cheap. So, you know, it's, um, I mean, it's
1: like this it, mentality is just passed, it, it's on.
0: bizarre, it's surreal. It is. I, I just, um, it really paints a, a really despicable horrible picture of humanity of what yes you, wretchedness. It, it, it shows you yeah the wretchedness of what humans are capable of that also what we are capable of my god yeah yes yeah yes
1: that that's what i i that's what i i often uh, it, mm. Mm, how can I put it um, <laughs> yeah anyway yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah um amazes me you <laughs> yeah. know perplexes me perplexes, that yeah. w- that out of the greatness that we have achieved mm, 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 mm. that we could be just so wretched yeah. in return oh yeah um and yeah. I like also the fact that with the issues that you deal with the children it's not too far from what we, we deal with in our own land Of course. Okay, And the U.S. Of
0: course. Of course. Um, There's there's a huge trafficking going on here.
1: People sometimes don't want to see it. like, well, enormous
0: poverty going on. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. uh, And it's, if there you go. If the real facts were exposed, if it really was talked about on mainstream media, CNN, BBC, MSN, whatever, if it was really exposed, if they really told you the truth. It is right there they really told Americans the truth. Yes. Can you imagine what parents would do? The country would really fall apart. It would be, everyone would be up in arms. I mean, there really would be civil war. Yeah. If that really was talked about, about how many tens of thousands of children are abducted. And I'm not just talking about poor ones, I'm talking about yeah. poor, middle class, rich. Yeah. Yeah. I've said that to myself many times. If you're a six-year-old blonde boy, or you know, an eleven-year-old blonde blue-eyed girl from Idaho or wherever, yeah, I mean, the amount is incredible. It's never going to be exposed. It's never going to be talked about. No way. They, the government, could never, ever expose these kind of truths. No.
1: See what happens is though they don't realize what they're trying to block, um, and yep. exposing uh, certain issues to, <laughs> to the public. Um, because of our curiosity, we're either we're going to find out on our own, or someone uh, within that country or situation is going to leak It's going to expose it. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, that's why sometimes I don't understand. Like I think it's uh like China. Um, and maybe Korea, um, maybe North Korea. You can correct me I on, I want to be, be honest here. They try to control the media and what's ex- what is, uh, you know, um, said about their country and, and, and um, uh, different events, but they don't realize it's just like a child, you keep telling a child no, a child is going to try to figure out to get a yes,
0: okay? It's, it's North Korea, by the way, yeah, North
1: Korea, okay, yeah. yes, um, because I love, yeah. um, <laughs> the, I, I have relationship with South Korea friends Mm. and stuff. So, um, so it's the same thing with those who are in in power or think they're in power, they got to do for their business. You really are are not blocking anything. Mm. If anything, you're, you're drawing more attention to it. And that's why we get books like childhood (laughs) loss. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Because someone wants to draw attention to the fact of what you're trying to hide. And I've always said that the truth was really out. I said the same thing. Hmm. You know, I think a lot of the issues that we have would also uh, maybe be resolved.
0: Well, look what, look how our news rhetoric has become, it's most of it, nobody believes news anymore.